Hi everyone, you're tuning in to the first season of CHI Ant, a podcast by the Centre for Healthcare Innovation. I'm your host, Chit Rostida, and in this episode, we will be talking about designing impactful innovation and getting creative in healthcare. And you know what? We are so thrilled to have with us Mr. Lo Chao Wei, Head of Design for Philips in Asia and Head of Government and Public Affairs for Philips in Singapore. Now, Mr. Lowe is also the Chairman for the Design Education Advisory Committee, the first national-level design committee of its kind in Singapore. So good to have you with us in this session, Chiawei. Hey, Tina, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us. Now, um, before we start, actually, could you share with us more about your work at Philips and also as Chairman for the Design Education Advisory Committee? Well, thanks for the introduction. So, um, I, I'm, I head up design uh, for Philips. As we know that Philips is a leader in health technology. Mm-hmm. So, my work takes me to um, uh, to the uh, to the creation uh, and, and design of uh, improving patients' experience and also that of the staff as well in clinical environment. To put it in one sentence, right? Yes. Um, essentially, you know, we, we we work closely together with our our business uh, to. Uh, to innovate on technology solutions uh, that would meet the needs of the healthcare challenges uh, uh, in in um, in the industry. So that's that's uh, really essentially uh, my role in the company. Uh, I'm a product industrial designer by training. Uh, okay. So, yeah. And, so really, design is like in your DNA, really, lah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. So uh, I, ten uh, years ago, right prior yes. to this, yeah, prior to this, I was uh, involved in in consumer electronics, right. But I was uh, lucky enough to be able to apply what I learned uh, uh, as a designer as well, and meaningfully in this whole area of healthcare today. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and and um, you know, to be honest, actually, I know recently some of my colleagues have visited your um Philips, right, the health continuum space. And I think we're quite impressed with how you designed that whole um, area where you showcase, you know, healthcare innovations that can be used in the in a healthcare setting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, could you maybe tell us more about about this space, the intent of this health continuum space? Yeah, I'll try my best to describe it because the best way is actually is to experience it. So, so you know, hopefully, I can invite uh, your uh, whoever listening in for a visit. The motivation of it is actually is is when we pivoted into health technology and as we move into solutions based uh, business, mm-hmm. uh, the idea here is that how how do we go about uh, providing an environment that will help us to really uh, be able to articulate what we envision would be our play in health. Okay, uh, which is really a continuum, right? Uh, yes. We we know that in today's healthcare, seventy percent of the resource and the focus actually goes into the diagnosis and the mm-hmm. treatment part of it. But actually, if you look at healthcare, it really starts with healthy living, right? And then followed by preventative care. And if unfortunately something should happen, then indeed, then it goes into the phase of diagnosis, treatment, and eventually recovery as well. So we were thinking that how well, how do we really, uh, you know, in the complexity of of this picture, uh, which would include solutions that involve both hardware, software, uh, but also total solutions as well. That we decided to then, hey, let's have an environment, a space, a physical space, that would allow us to really play this narrative. But beyond presenting the narrative of what a customer uh, journey goes through, 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it also allows us to also use this environment uh, to sort of take on uh, innovation activities because essentially this is an environment, a physical environment that replicates the typical clinical and uh, locations yes. in the hospital. Right. Yes. For example, in an A&E department, uh, the radiology department, a cath lab, the patient ward, uh, a doctor's consultation room, and so on and so forth. Right. And it also has the ability to then allow us to simulate different patient situations in mm-hmm. different care pathways. So that yes. is really the essence of what this environment is built for. We designed for it, right? And it is yeah. meant to then serve the purpose of both presenting the narrative as I talked about, but also allow us to engage stakeholders to use this space to do prototyping, to do innovation. Mm. Okay, well, that's that's super useful. And I mean, I guess it, it kind of helps to visualize the real life uh, situation. Yes, uh, yes. When implementing think, such innovations. Yeah. Correct. I think you said it right. I think visualizing it, uh, contextualizing, because, you know, uh, having a discussion in such a setup would definitely evoke a lot more out with the stakeholders than to, let's say, have a conversation yeah. in a conference room, right? Yes, uh, yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's about seeing it, feeling it, and experiencing Correct. it. Correct. And at the same time, you know, no hospital would allow us that space. And, you know, we kind of thought the time, right, the downtime, to let's say you are doing a prototype of a patient ward to say can we use this patient ward for a couple of days or even uh, so that <laughs> would not be very possible and we felt that maybe such a facility would, would, would allow us to do that and indeed it has served that purpose actually because of uh, for some of the projects that we did uh, we yeah. actually used the space to uh, uh, to do almost a a full week of prototyping with all the stakeholders wow that's right yeah. could you, that could you share for, yeah, that was for a patient, uh, for a Class C ward uh, redesign. Yes. Where we needed to um, put in a mock-up of what that patient area would be, the patient bed area would be, we call it the patient pod. Uh, and yeah. then we had uh, our uh, stakeholders, which is our customers coming in with their team and to yeah. play all sorts of scenarios as part of the creation journey, right? So before we commit into a final design, we got everybody in there to look at the mock-up understand yes. it, go through the various uh, scenario including resuscitation of the patient mm-hmm. and so on and so forth uh, and everybody start to get a sense of okay this is what we are looking at at a potential solution but these are the feedback that we get and that we use that space exactly for this purpose and yes serve us very well wow no i'm sure and i'm, I'm just thinking that you know this is this is what it what it's all about right it's not just about innovating not just about making something but to do it with impact and yeah. to build confidence of those people who would potentially adopt it by yeah, trying I, it out first, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. I, I think it is a you know it is a journey of bringing your stakeholders along. That you start off with a particular need that you have in the hospital, for example. In this case, mm-hmm. they wanted to really uh, innovate the Class C ward uh, with the intention of empowering the patient. So that mm. was the starting point, right? And like how you describe it, right? How how do we then sort of bring the stakeholders along to say, well, okay, you know, these are the ideas that we have. And from mm. there, we pick a few credible ones and feasible ones to articulate them into potential solutions. And that journey will take time. And we, as we move along that journey, we are sort of making the abstract more and more tangible. Yes. Right? Through the design of the space, through the design of the equipment, through the design of the items, right? The, mm. In, in, in the particular environment of the patient, what so and so forth. And at each step, when this is being made visible, right, uh, it builds confidence. It also then starts to align the minds of everybody because 
if you start with an imagination, you can't really sort of secure that everybody's imagining the same thing, right? <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. But when you have a prototype in front of you, right? It's like, it is that clear evidence to say, okay, this is what we're looking at, guys. Yes. Is this what you have in mind, right? Yes, no, no, exactly. Because yeah. sometimes during planning and even when you're pitching your ideas mm. and all that, you know, everybody's visualizing differently. You're absolutely right on that. That's right. And that's the power of visualization, right? And, and that is also <laughs> yes. what design does uh, very well. And yes, yeah. Then on that note, maybe you can explain to us a little bit more. You know, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, you need to take the design thinking approach and all mm. that when you're innovating and all that. But what exactly defines design thinking as an approach? Yeah, I think that's a great question because, you know, over the last, I would say, five to six years, design thinking has really mm-hmm. taken the, would say, right, not just in the healthcare uh, uh, domain, uh, yes. by song, but, but everybody is just almost like eating design thinking for lunch, yes, you it's, know, it's like or whatever. Every right? time, you know, you talk about innovation, they're going design thinking, but what, right. what exactly what? defines it? Yeah, and I think we sort of know what design thinking is, right? It is a mm-hmm. core form of understanding how designers work through when they are going through that creative process, right? And yes, and this has been cleverly codified into either you know the four or the five steps, as we know, because if you type in design thinking right now, if you Google right now, you you yeah. get like hundreds of different variations of design yes. thinking, but all saying <laughs> the same thing, right? Those few typical steps, right? First, you need to mm. empathize, followed by you need to you know, uh, discover and then ideate, you built it and then you test it, right? In different mm. names, but more or less talking about the same thing. So I think design thinking has certainly helped to bring up the awareness of the fact that, you know, uh, it is about identifying what is the need and that's the discovery phase, right? That mm-hmm. you should put yourself in the shoe of the user, which is the okay. empathy part. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you have to frame uh, identify the right problem statement and frame it correctly before mm-hmm. you start ideating and when, when you ideate you should then immediately go into prototype uh, for a fail fast fail early and iterate and necessary so it has brought about that awareness which I think it's very good right but I think I just want to hit a cautionary point which I've always been saying it is that mm-hmm. I think design thinking shouldn't be embraced as a strict process it should be actually be embraced more as an approach and this approach should be used very spontaneously, should be used very flexibly, and most importantly, this use should be used in the context of a deep domain knowledge. And in this case, if we apply design thinking in healthcare, people practicing design thinking, right, should have that context of the deep domain knowledge to really make this useful. The reason for saying that is that I'm we are beginning to observe that design thinking is used more as a preparation activity before the actual innovation, right? And it's mm. almost used as a checkbox to say, okay, have you done your design thinking? Yes. Yeah, I and, then, and, then, and then it dives right. into just produce developing that's right. it already. Yeah, perhaps that's something that we need to be very mindful of and start to change is that design thinking, right, should be embraced yeah. at the entire approach throughout, which okay. means mm. that those few steps that I just talked about can be used interchangeably and, in, and it can be in any sequence. It is not necessarily always to be in that sequence that we see it in that, you know, how it's doing described. So that yes. is what I would say uh, that design thinking should uh, should be uh, should be used. And and I would also say that design thinking is very much uh, a very contemporary approach. It can be something else five years later, right? And that's why okay. I, I I I I tend to lean towards more of creative problem solving 
rather than just describing or using design thinking in that sense, right? Because mm. the, when it's very codified, there's a tendency to use it in its very superficial form. And that is where it might hurt the actual creative process. Ah, okay. So it's like, because you've, you've already defined it and you've already included it like a step, then yeah. it kind of stops you from thinking more creatively about it. Yeah, if you, yeah because, you know, they say, oh, I, I need to empathize first. Then after that, I'll yeah, do this. Yeah, it becomes mechanical. That, right? Exactly. <laughs> Rather mechanical than is the word. Yes, mechanical yeah. is the word. And we must avoid that because creativity really, mm. it's it will thrive uh, when, when you're spontaneous, right? When yeah. you are, uh, you know, when you're thinking, in an uninhibited manner, right? When yes. you're in an environment that you can go, you can iterate, right? Bounce mm. from one place to another place. And I think that's exactly what the creative process is about. So design thinking does provide guidance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it shouldn't be used too strictly like a template. Okay, so, you know, you, you say about creativity, to think freely and all that, right? And, you know, a lot of a lot of the qualities about being creative or at least the mm. elements of being creative, when you put it next to like a healthcare environment yeah. where we are all very regulated and for good reason as well, mm. right? How do you think, you know, you can um, marry these two qualities together to innovate for the healthcare environment? Yeah, indeed. And perhaps if we take a step back, right, it's interesting mm. that, that actually... Um, Healthcare is not the only regulated environment. Probably is one of the yeah. most, right? Of the <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and like you said, for very good reasons and respectfully, it should be. But but if you look it into other industries, right, the building industry, the transportation industry, or even finance for that matter, they're also highly regulated as well. Yes, indeed. So I just want to call out that actually, um, healthcare is not uh, by itself in this context where it starts mm. then, you know, uh, take on the narrative where because it's very regulated, it's very hard to innovate, right? No, mm. I think many industries and many domains are as as regulated as well in 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 a different way, right? So that sets the context. But I, yeah. I think in this case is that it is very interesting that indeed it seems that hey, within such a regulated environment, can innovation thrive, right? Mm. Yeah, it's easy to innovate. But I think this is where it gets interesting is because uh, you know if you look at the quality. Or, or rather, the the yeah the, the qualities of what uh, innovation or creativity is is exactly at, it opposes the very environment yes. where healthcare is right. So you mentioned about Correct. regulated, right? Yeah. But, uh, let me bring out a few pair of words. Uh, sure. That, that oh, this will be. Right? This is going to be interesting. Right. Yes. <laughs> so let's start with healthcare regulated, right? And if you're talking about creativity, you need to mm. be experimental. So that's the first pair, right? The second pair of contrast in healthcare, you're talking about tests that require a long time. You need to do trials, right? Creative, the other pairing of the words will be fast and iterative, right? You need to have ideas quick and then you got to right, iterate it very quick. So that's the second yes. pair of contrast. The third pair would be that in healthcare, you have to quantify everything, right? And you have to measure, yes. it must be measurable. But if you look at creativity, it's all based on, it's about gut feeling, right? So that's another set of contrasting words there. The fourth yes. pair, high stakes in healthcare. And then in to be when you're creative, you need to be risk biased. You need to take risk, right? And then the last pair, by no means the, 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 the last, right? I mean, the, mm. the final, that healthcare really is an environment where, where there's a lot of deep professional practice. 
But if you look at creativity, right, it really thrives when you have a fresh, um, fresh perspective. So what we have in front of us are five pairs of very contrasting qualities, which seems to be opposing, and there's no way of bringing them together. But I think that's exactly that. When we look into what I call these are the tension, that you find the tension points between these pairings, mm-hmm. that you start to see opportunities of how you could then be able to. Weave in in the very regulated environment, as we describe it, right? Those elements of creativity. It's only when we understand the opposing side, right? Able yeah. to then see, well, okay, if that is the case, this is what we can do to find the opportunity in the in-between space there, which is defined by this pair of opposing words that creates that very uh, interesting tension points. Correct. We can find which we can really look into uh, opportunities. Yeah. Not not oh. easy to 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 sort no, of it's describe not. it. I, I, yes. I probably do better if I have uh, visuals to sort of articulate that. But you know, I think you've described it really well. And how would you encourage them to think creatively? I mean, what are kind of barriers and thinking out of the box that is present in healthcare? You feel? Yeah, I, I think if we take the thirty thousand feet to this whole thing, right? I mean, innovation in healthcare it would be that like what we were just talking about the regulatory yes. environment is always been overarching. And the second, I would say, it is actually governance, right?、Mm. In a lot of、uh, healthcare、uh, organizations and institutions, and and again, rightly so, right? It has to be there, right? But I think, especially when it comes to this part, right, we are referring to let's say、uh, performance indicators that each of the departments that sort of takes on. And again, you know, they are doing it within the confines of their work and and of what they need to deliver to the larger organization, right? But sometimes、mm. this is where you have that conflict of、uh, of performance indicators because you know in in organization each each department is looking at it at, at their own area and without the overview of what everybody is driving. Driving towards that's where you 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 have overlaps. That's where you have conflict, right? And that's also where,、uh, let's say, the challenges starts as well. So、mm. that that's what we see also in terms of governance, because you know, because in such an environment, right,、uh, uh, that the part about、uh, the measurable aspect of healthcare work, which is very important, right,、uh, poses such a challenge. The third would be people behavior. Again,、uh, this is not just happening in healthcare. It happens in any environment. <laughs> yes,、uh, and I think it's particularly so、uh, because、uh, what we mentioned about that in healthcare,、mm. the stakes are very high, and also it is a very intense environment. Yes, it、uh, is. So, <laughs> that's right. And one of the things that we have observed in terms of people behavior is that when people are put in a situation when there's a lack of time, when everybody is very busy, when the individual is very busy, the willingness to change, to adopt change. Is very low, and it's very natural. It is a very natural human behavior because you just want to keep doing it, or、right? you just want to continue with your job,、uh, and and you simply have no time to say, okay, I'm I'm going to think of a different way to do this. That has also sort of contributed、uh, the challenges of innovation, right? Uh, uh, in in such an environment. So I'm pointing out more on the softer aspects. Yes. Than, yeah. <laughs> What do you think? You know, we could do to solve those challenges then. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a million dollar question, right? Even as we all <laughs> we are all striving to do that, and and there are many approaches in that. Again, if we look at healthcare environment or healthcare organization, right? Yes. In service or otherwise would be. 
that I think it might be good to look at it from the axis of striving for innovation in the operational aspects. Mm-hmm. And then the second would be uh, sort of uh, looking it then in the clinical and then finally in the experiential. And this is the in our work have defined you know the categorization if I may or, or the axis yes. right. We look into how do we improve the operational efficiency of uh, of a hospital, for example, right? And how do we uh, contribute to the clinical excellence? And and finally, how do you improve the patient and the staff experience? So perhaps sort of. Classifying in this manner would help to at least focus or and uh, and sort of channel the activities to sort of buckets that are that is easier to handle. I'm not saying that they they can exist in isolation. They will yeah. probably be sort of uh, uh, intertwined, but at least uh, from a very complex environment, this is one way of looking at how we could innovate the areas of operations, the area of clinical, and then finally mm. the areas of. Uh, of patient and staff experience, yeah. Wow, thank you, Chao Hui. Um, so you know, with all that, right? What is your vision for healthcare in the next five years? Well, I, I, I probably would. Uh, this is a big question. I probably won't attempt to answer it. As in, <laughs> uh, I, I think we are all slowly chipping away, right? Really, to want to shift the needle of of uh, mm. health. I, I would say that. One one of the things is that we we should not be afraid to borrow ideas from other domains into healthcare, mm. right? Uh, it's co learning know, from with everybody. That's right. You know, uh, healthcare has always been uh, labeled as you know the the late bloomer, right? In innovation, and again for for good reasons. Huh? Mm. So if healthcare is the late bloomer, then how do we catch up? Right, and yes. I would encourage all of us look into other domains, other industry, right, uh, for inspiration, for ideas that has already sort of uh, uh, landed very well, right, that we can very well borrow uh, and use and apply in the healthcare environment. So I think that's something that 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 I learned you know, uh, working mm. in the healthcare environment, uh, and and I think. You know, some of them has worked very well. So, uh, not just confining ourselves to a particular area, but be ready to say, "Hey, looks like a great idea of what how they are doing it in that industry. Let us borrow yeah. it. Right? Let us use it." And I think that's probably how it can, you know, make us move a, a, a lot faster. And maybe one final point would be that you know sometimes we talk about innovation in healthcare as huge mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Right? And I realized <laughs> this after talking to many. Uh, Healthcare professionals, right, to say, hey, you know, wow, innovation. Because the reason, actually, Tina, if you talk about, yes. you no, know, we tend to use words like future, transformation, yes. innovation with a big I. <laughs> keywords, and, keywords, yeah, keywords, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. I just said shift. The and these are very intimidating words, right? So perhaps mm. we can pare it down to much more accessible level back to the individual, right? And yeah. and also by doing so, the expectation. Uh, would also be better managed as well because it can be innovation with a small eye. I mean, it can be very incremental uh, activities uh, or elements, which uh, I believe, for example, in Tan Tock Seng Hospital, right? I mean, you guys yeah. are doing very, good, I would say, grassroots level, if I may call it that way, innovation in the hospital. And I think that's perfectly the starting point because innovation can uh, can can go and can certainly grow from ground up as well. So yes. perhaps that's also something which we we should be encouraging. Uh, more of that very humble, uh, incremental innovation that 
uh, that can be adopted uh, at, at the individual working level as well. Oh, no, that's very, very good advice. In fact, I would say that, you know, it's uh, it's true. It's, if it starts at a working level, there are the people who can actually see the gaps in their daily work also. That's right. And from there, they can have their own ideas too. That's right, yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Chao Hui, for making time to join us today. And really, you shared so many valuable advice. We yeah. hope to have you on next time. And thank you for joining us on CHIM. And you just heard Mr. Lo Chao Hui, Head of Design for Philips in Asia and Head of Government and Public Affairs for Philips in Singapore, who shared with us more about designing impactful innovation and getting creative in healthcare. You're listening to CHI Amped, a podcast by the Centre for Healthcare Innovation. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.chi.sg or follow us on LinkedIn.